making your jobs easier and trying to be helpful. Like that is, it is one of the most exciting things about getting to do research in elections is the idea that not only will the stuff that we write, like not just get put in a journal that nobody reads, uh, but instead like has a slight but possible chance of making the lives of people who are my friends and whose work I respect that much, even if it's a little bit that much easier to do. The full and free exercise of our sacred right and duty to vote is more important in the long run than the personal hopes or ambitions of any candidate for any office in the land. You're listening to High Turnout, Wide Margins, an insider's look at election administration hosted by Brianna Lennon and Eric Fay. Hey everyone, this is Eric Fay. I'm here with my co-host Brianna Lennon, and this episode was taped at the 2022 Election Center Conference in Denver, Colorado. And the Election Center Conference is one of the premier places where local election authorities, state election authorities can get together with colleagues and with researchers to talk about what's going on in the election space, what the best practices are, and what we can all be doing better. And one of the big parts of the Election Center is the CIRA certification process, which is a intensive coursework program that allows us to uh, work with academics at Auburn University and learn more about our craft. So um, this week we are talking to two professors from that program, Soren Jordan and Ryan Williamson. They've been working on a trust in elections project in an effort to find ways, find things that would build trust amongst the public in the administration of elections. It's a very interesting episode, and we hope you all enjoy it. Hey, this is Soren Jordan. And I'm Ryan Williamson. And you guys are from Auburn. Absolutely. And I think let's start with kind of the first question we usually ask our guests on the podcast. How did each of you kind of get into the election space? Entirely by accident. Uh, I Standard answer for this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it, uh, maybe a different kind of accident. So I came to Auburn in 2016 to study American politics more kind of writ large. And there is a huge elections faculty contingent at Auburn. And the magnetism of elections kind of just ends up drawing you in more and more. And then as it so happens, it was also kind of a crazy year for elections when I got there. And it was a really fortuitous partnership that a group of people who studies the very bizarre thing that had just happened and would continue to get more bizarre through the years uh, was there. And it was the opportunity to work with them to study elections was pretty undeniable. So now that's a big part of what I do. And the other end of the spectrum, my parents were completely unengaged with politics and elections and 2008 came around and I was just enamored and fascinated with everything that was happening. And you know, I tried a few other majors in college and none of them could keep my attention. So I landed on political science and just couldn't get away from elections. So I decided to get a PhD in it and I worked in the Senate on uh, election oversight and reform. And so I've just never been able to get enough of elections, decided to try to make a career out of it. And we should also note, um, both Ryan and Soren are 
teachers in the election center curriculum too. So in addition to being professors at Auburn, you both teach different courses. How um, does that process work? Like how did you start being able to offer courses and, and who gets to pick which ones you're doing? That's a really interesting question. I'm not sure there's a good answer to that question. It's the elections faculty is really friendly. So I think like most things in academics, it's pretty informal. So you end up having a lot of freedom to select things that you're interested in. So uh, I do a lot of what we would call but study of American behavior. So like public opinion surveys, that kind of thing. And there's good classes in the CIRA certification program that deal with uh, behavior and then also like the history of elections, which brings in that as well as parties, uh, something that I love to study uh, just because it's so so interesting and so bizarre. Uh, so I, I tend to focus on those classes in particular. Yeah, we're, we're a small but mighty group and everyone is, you know, really dedicated to making elections better, writ large, whatever, whatever that takes. And so there's a there's a kind of this attitude of, you know, whatever needs to be done, everyone's kind of willing to do it. And so I think Soren and I have both, you know, covered almost the entire curriculum at one point or another between the two of us. Um, but I also studied history, and so I'm really fascinated with like the larger historical perspective. I think it would be particularly informative. Um, so in, any way to contribute, I think, you know, Soren and I, as well as the other Auburn factory, are always ha- happy to do so. We interviewed uh, Kathleen and Mitchell last year uh, for the podcast, and I think we asked them a similar question, but I'm, I'm curious about your answers. What is, what is it like teaching election officials versus traditional college students? Uh, it's, you know, in some ways very, very similar, but um, I can't think of uh, two groups of people who might be more different when it comes to information. Um, you know, election officials love to get into the weeds and they, they have a story for everything, which is, you know, one of my favorite things about teaching is hearing those stories. Um, but, you know, it's it's always fun, no matter who the student is, to just kind of present information in a way that, you know, maybe people haven't thought about or seen that way presented before. And you kind of see a light go on. It's like, OK, now this makes sense. I can see things in a kind of new perspective. Yeah, I'd say it's refreshing. Uh, undergraduates, a lot of the times it kind of feels like they're there, not really, they feel like they're forced to be there, right? Uh, so their engagement with the material is kind of low, and they might be passively interested in politics, but like the class itself is sort of more of a hurdle to a degree than anything else. But in the Sierra classes, people are excited to be there. It's an opportunity, and it's really, it's, you can feel the energy in the room of people talking to each other, sharing stories, the kind of like the live networking that's happening. And you can project how it's improving their ability to connect with other election administrators. And you're all you're trying to do as an instructor is leverage the curriculum in any small way to make that something that's more fun for them and more useful for them. And I think sometimes the curriculum does that. Sometimes we just get out of the way and <laughs> let those conversations happen because it's it's my favorite part is hearing the stories that y'all tell to us and also the ones that you tell to each other. And so one of the reasons why we wanted to talk today is because you guys are going to start the second part of this new project, which is looking at trust in elections. And I was hoping that you could give a little bit of background as to why that's, why you think it's important to be studying that, for one, and what you hope to accomplish with the project. Sure, absolutely. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's 
almost impossible to spend any reasonable amount of time around election officials and not to just become intensely empathetic to the challenges that you've been increasingly faced with in the last five years or so. Uh, I think I end every single Sierra class, and I dare say almost every single interaction I have with y'all with the same stuff, which is thank you so much for doing your jobs well and continuing to care about doing your jobs well, because the amount of mistrust, misinformation, and then just like general anger about elections that sort of swirls around society, it's kind of incredible. Uh, and if there's an opportunity to leverage my professional role as like a researcher uh, to help solve some of these really intense problems that election administrators are faced with, that's an undeniable opportunity that, I mean, I'll, sometimes it feels like the research that you do is very disconnected from the world and the idea that we can literally help solve problems and develop messaging or whatever it is that helps election administrators build trust in talk with their constituents in a way that's productive and helps to resolve hopefully some of the 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 challenges of the last few years that's something that I want to contribute to in any way that I can yeah and you know maybe taking a, a broader perspective I would go so far as to say trust is probably the most fundamental concept to you know a good functioning healthy democracy because so much of everyone's attitudes towards other things, just satisfaction with government, belief in my vote matters, and you know, accepting outcomes, accepting policy changes is predicated on trusting those institutions. And, and trust is at an all-time low. And you know, no one thing is going to fix it, um, but anything that we can contribute to improving trust, even at the margins, because um, it's it, it might be a pretty long journey, but the, the sooner we start and the, any improvement we can make is you know, going to be a, a positive step. Can you go a little bit into what the actual research is going to be and um, how you're planning to conduct it? So I, I think the project generally comes in two parts. Uh, the part that we've already done uh, is a question about uh, how to develop this kind of messaging about uh, building trust in elections. Uh, and the way that we approached it was really intense focus group discussions with small groups uh, that range between four and eight people. Uh, we did those electronically uh, in the back half of the spring and early part of the summer of this past year, uh, just talking to people and trying to get some insight into how they think about uh, whether they trust messages from election officials or how they interact with their local election offices to, to leverage that for the second part, which is conducting a, a national survey. Yeah, so the more like academic political science -y contribution here is we, we know there are a number of things that influence trust, like whether or not your party wins, you're more likely to trust the outcome, information from, you know, your who you deem to be politically elite, you know, whether that's your party leader or some other figure in that space, you're more likely to trust what they say. Um, but getting getting those people to try to talk about elections in a way that is meaningful and impactful is difficult, if not impossible. And so we want to think about how can we, you know, help you as election officials deliver the most effective message, um, kind of the boots on the ground and try to more of a grassroots approach. And so the, the survey experiment, um, people will get different messages from different actors and, you know, framed in different ways. And that'll allow us to really tease out, you know, how to craft, you know, more or even the most effective messages to improve people's attitudes. Have you found anything surprising so far in just the focus groups? It was a little shocking just how much 
like perception of like politics there was about everything, right? So uh, I don't know about you. I grew up collecting, loving, uh, wanting every single I voted sticker I could possibly get my hands on, and the diversity of them was always very pleasing to me that they came in different design. Uh, to our focus groups, uh, even just some like the language in those stickers was like. Uh, they would get in these intense conversations about like how an election official like must be a Republican because the I voted sticker like focused on freedom or focused on uh, rights or something else or had like you know a, a prominent American flag or something uh, and somebody else uh, used a I voted sticker that was designed from like a, a student contest so it was submitted by like a first grader who's clearly not a Republican or a Democrat but it was just a picture of a world that was like I voted for our future and it was like this was designed by a Democrat and you're like all these things are just stuff that like maybe people in the profession would think of as kind of innocuous, like the pretty neutral messaging on its face. And what we're learning is like, as people are much more scrutinizing of the information they take in, they're also much more willing to attribute politics where there's not really any. And that's been something that I've had to think a lot about as we've developed some of these test messages that we're trying to, to figure out if they work. Yeah, politics is so nationalized, polarized and pervasive that people are finding it where it doesn't actually exist. And so trying to walk that back a little bit to really get at the substance of the message instead of having people put on their partisan lenses when they're trying to accumulate information is you know, one of the biggest hurdles that kind of came out of these focus groups. Hi, I'm Brianna Lennon, County Clerk for Boone County, Missouri. And you're listening to High Turnout, Wide Margins, a podcast where we explore local election administration. So from these focus groups, you talked about a survey instrument you're building. Can you explain to the listeners what the roadmap is for this project? Sure. So I think our goal is to use the focus group response, some of the things that we learned about how people are you know, finding this politics, and also, generally speaking, like what they do and don't know about elections writ large, which is not very much in basically everything, respectively, uh, to figure out if you are an election administrator, what advice can we give you about what content and what framing to put inside of your messages to help, especially these kind of local relationship between constituents and local election officials to build back that trust. Uh, And a lot of what we found is focusing on dimensions of that relationship that are very neutral on their face and they're focused on qualities of between constituent and local election official that you get to build uniquely as an election administrator. So our test messages, one of them focuses on professionalism, so length of experience of the average administrator. Uh, one of them focuses on rule following, that if if you don't like the procedure, the, the person to get upset with is not the person who implements it, it's the person who designs it. Uh, one of them is very relational. Election officials live in the communities where they work and they, they shop next to you and they are complaining about the same expensive gas as you are, right? They're the, they are your neighbors and they are there in that capacity alongside you as opposed to being this other group from, from outside. Yeah, and I would say for context, it's this is important because it's a really, really fine line to walk. I think about Pennsylvania in 2020, for example, you can't just come out and say the election was fine because uh, there, there was so much tied up in it. Um, so many people had you know, an emotional response to it. But you can't come out and say, OK, the, the vote count was delayed because Pennsylvania didn't allow for the pre-processing of ballots. Your average person is not going to know or care what the pre-processing process looks like. Uh, and so trying to explain that to them, they're going to kind of 
gloss over and you're not going to be able to get through. And um, so like, how do you, how do you split the difference? How are you still going to be effective at kind of communicating what you do, why you should be trusted and why, you know, if you are upset, election officials are, should not be the kind of target of that angst. So one of the things that I thought was interesting in the presentation, uh, was that you kind of sussed out that the the hashtag campaigns, the things that we get really siloed into thinking are like so effective, this is really going to do it, we're going to come up with this statement and then everybody's going to use it and it'll just resonate everywhere and nobody hears it because we're all just kind of talking to each other and we haven't really been talking to voters at that level. Um, I don't know that I have like a real question about that, but that's obviously a problem that's happening. I don't know if you're seeing more of that or if you think that that might be something that something in this project can kind of break through because, I mean, even this podcast is talking to ourselves in, in, a, in a way. And um, are, you, are you seeing kind of like this, or do you expect to see like local election authorities that just can't figure out why voters aren't aren't hearing what they're saying um but then you are talking to the voters and like figuring out that answer is that a bridge that can be gapped i think it's really interesting because uh, you're right there's two different steps one is for, for lack of a better way of talking what kinds of content can you create that your constituents find engaging and they don't have this sort of abrasive reaction to and they you know it works to build that relationship that you want to build to restore trust and the other one is how do you get them to see the content at all and we're really focused on that first part because developing the message is something that we're we know more about than we used to and we're, that's what we're trying to test but in terms of getting people to be more informed about elections uh, if I could make my students read the reading before they showed up for class or, I mean, I've tried everything, right? It's like I assigned a textbook that's free and all the exams are like open book and they're all online. It's like you're desperately trying to engineer any way to get people to, to just to interact with this kinds of content. And sometimes it's just, it's one of the hardest parts of like the fragmented media environment that we live in is people get put in these siloed echo chambers and you know, you can develop a really good message, but at the same time, the likelihood that the person who probably needs to see it the most is going to be able to come across it just in their daily life based off of the way that we you know, tend to interact with stuff like social media in particular, it's really hard. Yeah, I, if I wanted to try to find some optimism, I would at least say, you know, we had record high turnout in 2018 and 2020, so people are caring more. I think one of the sources of distrust where there were people who never really paid attention to election administration prior to 2020 and then what they saw didn't conform to their pre-existing notions of what elections should look like um, but hopefully you know with additional time with additional elections ideally with turning the temperature down around elections people become more informed and familiar and you know maybe trust is restored a little bit that way um, but but yeah it's it's also important to remember that people tune out of politics and elections all the time. You know, every 10 years, redistricting comes around and, you know, people get up in arms about, you know, certain maps and then they forget about it for eight, nine, 10 years until it all happens again. And, you know, even, you know, relatively, you know, 
you know, intelligent, educated, involved people, you know, vote once every four years, and they think election officials are just sitting on their hands the other, you know, three plus years. Uh, and so getting the message right uh, is an important first step. And then, so that way it can kind of be used to strike while the iron is hot when people do kind of re-engage uh, in these conversations. So can we, you got our... You're from Alabama, so I can say y'all, right? Y'all. Oh, yes, very much. Yeah. <laughs> y'all uh, describe what the project is. Maybe can we be explicit about what is the goal of this project? I think there's, you know, there's two ways of thinking about it. Uh, from like a scientific standpoint, this is the cheesy answer. The goal is always to understand the world better. So if, if we can understand what drives people's perceptions of trust uh, from like a scholarly standpoint, then that's like one of the things that scientifically we'd be hoping to measure is literally putting like a quantitative kind of impact on if people see this kind of message versus another kind versus nothing at all. Like literally their perceptions of trust in uh, the election administrator system, a level of government and some other things we'll measure on the survey will changed by some demarcated amount. I think if, if one goal's explanation, the one I care a lot more about having spent time with y'all is literally making your jobs easier and trying to be helpful. Like that is, it is one of the most exciting things about getting to do research in elections is the idea that not only will the stuff that we write, like not just get put in a journal that nobody reads, uh, but instead like has a slight, but possible chance of making the lives of people who are my friends and whose work I respect that much, even if it's a little bit, that much easier to do. Yeah, I, I would say even if, you know, we don't find a magic bullet to improve trust and we can't come to you and say we found the perfect message that will improve it, we can at least eliminate things that don't work. So people aren't spinning their wheels or reinventing new processes that we know won't be effective. And so may, maybe that's a cop out just for my own sanity. So that way, even if we're wrong, we still learned something. But, but I think it's still true um, that, you know, the, the accumulation of knowledge is also part of that is figuring out what we're wrong about. Uh, and so this will be useful to understand what does and doesn't work to what extent it might work. And, you know, if, if it falls short on some dimension, we at least know where to turn our attention to afterwards instead. I just want to say real quick, I think that's a really good and interesting point that you just made about maybe we can find out what doesn't work. Because I think we can probably all admit we're probably not going to find that silver bullet through this project. Maybe we will, but probably not. But, you know, I mean, there are probably things that we all do as election administrators we think are great or we just do them because we've always done them that maybe you, you, this project can help us understand, well, maybe let's change that up a little bit. And so that I think will be really interesting. And I'm heartened to hear, and I hopefully the people listening are as well, that the end product is something that is actionable for election administrators and useful. I think it's like a general precept of what we're working towards between Auburn and the Election Center generally. So we have the Journal of Election Administration Research and Practice, a uh, very fancy title. But long story short, it's a physical place where we can have like this shared conversation where it's literally us trying to do research that's helpful and opening a space where election administrators can talk to each other to share some of that exact same kind of advice. Uh, and that's, I think, the, the goal of Auburn as a place that does research in elections is to try to be helpful and open up spaces like that as much as we can. Yeah, so you have a lot of academics working on this who maybe aren't in conversation with practitioners and practitioners have questions that they don't have 
you know, time, energy, or resources to answer. And so trying to foster that conversation to, you know, really get into the weeds and, and provide answers, or, or like I said, you know, eliminating wrong answers can be just as valuable as, as finding right answers. So the journal's a really good opportunity for, um, for I mean, it's by election officials for election officials um, to kind of move the field forward by bringing in, you know, academic expertise. I think that's a good point too, because broadly, there has not always been a good working relationship between election authorities and academia. And this seems to be a really great place to kind of come together on that. To that end, how can local election officials or state election officials help with the project that you are doing now? That's, I mean, uh, that's a great question. Uh, you have so much more expertise than we're ever going to have in elections. You talk to your constituents every day. Your informal stories that you tell each other in the CIRA classes, I mean, they're steeped in so much more knowledge and expertise about elections than I'm ever going to be able to get as a researcher. So it's, we really, we bring different skill sets to the table, right? It's like, I might have learned how to write a journal article or do some statistical analysis or something with data, like we can collect the project, but it's never going to replace the ability to like have a gut reaction to a message, to a, a suggestion, to a, whatever it is that we're trying to be helpful on that you as somebody who's worked in this field for a long time can you know, very quickly know like the reasons why, even if it, like, academically it might work, pragmatically it might be challenging or like what a real recommendation would actually look like. Context is so important, and we can't get that, you know, sitting in front of our computers crunching numbers. Uh, and so, like, we can, you know, even if we do craft the per perfect message, like, it's in a vacuum. And so we want to, we would have to know, like, how feasible that is this? How practical? How how much impact would it have? Like, what, what capacity do you have to espouse this message? And so, you know, any, any sort of kind of nuance and detail context around these types of questions and, you know, any other questions you have related to this topic um, for us to try to explore and incorporate um, would be incredibly valuable. Anytime I'm in a room with y'all, I always want to say the same thing, which is thanks for doing your jobs well. I appreciate you all so much in terms of how much you care about elections and the amount of patience you have with angrier and angrier constituents and the fact that you continue to do your jobs well uh, and with aplomb. It is very cool how much you are able to do election administration in the face of increasing opposition. You've been listening to High Turnout, Wide Margins, a podcast that explores local election administration. I'm your host, Eric Fay, alongside Brianna Lennon. A big thanks to KBIA for making this podcast possible. Our managing editor is Rebecca Smith. Our managing producer is Aaron Hay. And our associate producers are Abigail Ruman and Katie Quinn. This has been High Turnout, Wide Margins. And thanks for listening.